0: The following
2: is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed. Now, it's time for Spotlight Star Wars with your host, Ken Knapsok.
5: Well, hello, everybody. It's Spotlight Star Wars, episode 110. We got a great show for you today. At least I hope so. We have an interview with Hello Greedo coming up here. I've been watching Hello Greedo. As I say in the interview, you will hear today since 2011 or 12 when he launched. uh, And then heavily watching him about 2014, 15. So I'm a fan. Very happy to have him here on Force Center. That's coming up in a bit. Listener memories and a special in memoriam. That I wrote with the idea, the hope that I would make at least one person I know cry. And I'll see, we'll see if that happens. I think it's going to really affect him when it gets to YouTube. We'll see. We'll see. Special thanks to Kevin Smets. Uh, Kevin is the one who helps me put together the In Memoriams on YouTube. I do the audio, write them. That's part of this show. And then uh, he takes the audio and puts the pictures and the beautiful uh, kind of gradient on it, the, the the look to it, has a little fun with it, and we put that out into the world on the Force Center YouTube page. Thanks, Kevin. Uh, He's uh, got some links in those, those descriptions. He has something called the KOTOR underscore trilogy. You ever heard of it? The nice old Republic? Yeah. He's got some fun fan stuff at that username, K-O-T-R-R, K-O-T-O-R underscore Trilogy. Yeah, you can tell I'm not an old Republic fan. I can't say Kator as fast as I'd like. But check Kevin out. Check what he's doing. Uh, He puts those together with me there. And speaking of interviews and YouTube, I hope you all checked Out this past Wednesday, the first episode of Force Center Meets, we sat down on my wonderful Ikea couch with Jamie Stangroom. He, of course, a UK-based BBC uh, reporter and personality and fan of Star Wars, and he puts those great interviews up on his YouTube channel, Ahmed Best, he's got a series of those. Brian Blessed, uh, Femi Taylor, who's Ula, uh, from Return of the Jedi, uh, both versions. Um, he had some great interviews, much, much more up there. And I hope you check, that out, check his stuff out. But also, if you didn't, go to the YouTube channel, check out that interview. We'll probably be putting the audio up here on the Force Center podcast feed soon. But as we start to branch out to do a little bit more on YouTube to kind of diversify our portfolio, as what uh, as what an adult would say, hope you check out some of that stuff. Last week, I threw together a Star Wars ranked on my favorite, or actually the best, Imperial Officers, and threw it together. I don't ever just slide in and drop, you know, bad shows on you guys, but I was, I was hurried last week. I was really hurried, put this list together, and it was near and dear to my heart, because in that original trilogy, I love those Imperial officers. So I had my list on there, and, well, there was a big omission a lot of you wanted to know about, and I will address it here today, and that, of course, is, well, Grand Admiral Th- Nope, not Thrawn. A lot of people, people did ask about Thrawn, but I addressed Thrawn on the show. It was... Where is Ray Sloan? If you watch me on Collider Jedi Council, if you listen here on Force Center, especially the main show, you know I love the character of Ray Sloan, first introduced to us in New Dawn, the 2014 novel, working with Count Vidian against uh, Hera and this uh, drunk Jedi Kanan, well, drunk Padawan turned not quite Jedi Kanan. And uh, it was a great story, Captain Ray Sloan, and then all of a sudden the character starts just popping back up again. Featured heavily in Aftermath. Showed up in some of the comics. Very popular character for good reason. And she wasn't on my list. I will admit, I'm, I I, I want to talk about Ray Sloan on another list. I did kind of omit her on the best Imperial Officers list. Also, kind of was going mostly for live action, big movie, original trilogy type of list. Yelorn got on there, but Yelorn was in A New Hope, and his story... Branches out from there in new canon. But suffice to say, a lot of you justifiably wondering, where was Ray Sloan? Working on another list. Joseph and I have one coming soon for Star Wars ranked, And I don't want to spoil anything, but I'm pretty sure Ray Sloan's going to show up there. In doing that list last week with the best Imperial officers, my number one, my personal favorite, I've just always loved that character, is Moff Teon Gerrard, He of the second Death Star. Uh, running that, helping to build that, even helping to design it, doing good work. I think Gerard's got an interesting story. He is uh, a powerful man, but maybe not as powerful as he wants, serves the Empire well, but I think there's a bit of a heart there, but we don't really see it in Return of the Jedi. But in New Canon, you can dig around and find it. In fact, his relatives, well, some of them have something to do with the Resistance now. In talking about Jared Ger- Gerard, I did mention the deleted scenes from Return of the Jedi, and I've seen them before. I'd heard about them for years. One most notably where he's trying to block Vader from getting to the Emperor with some royal guards around him. There's some choking done in that one there. Good old Vader and his choking. But there is an entire sequence cut out of the, of the, of the movie in which Palpatine pretty much says, hey, I have a lot of contingency plans. We know that now, on New Canon. But hey, if if the rebels. I don't think this is going to happen, but maybe hanging out with Cassio Tag back in the day got me thinking about, you know, things can go wrong. If the rebels take out the shield generator, the Death Star, the second Death Star is vulnerable. We needed to blow up the moon of Endor. And this was kind of running through Return of the Jedi during the big fight. Uh, it would have played out as if Palpatine had told him. Gerard kind of Gerard kind of says, we have battalions there. We have men. Shiv don't care. Blow it up. blow up the moon. There is a YouTube clip. You, there, there, there's several of them. You can find Return of the Jedi deleted scenes on YouTube. I don't know how these people get this stuff. I don't know. I don't know. But it's out there. There was one, a couple actually, but uh, there was one I was watching today, just today, this recording, that kind of puts it into the movie as if, you know, how it was going to be or at least uh, an approximation of how we think that sequence would have worked. And it was interesting because, you know, deleted scenes are always deleted for a reason. There's pacing issues. The performances aren't the best. They're not uh, the final scenes, all that kind of stuff. The... The uh, you know, special effects, especially nowadays, maybe not the same. So there are always very raw scenes there. But the stuff with Gerard, which I had seen before, seeing it in play with the Battle of Endor raging on the ground in space was interesting because it added something. I don't say I'm not. I'm not going to say that I, I wish this was in the movie. But if you get a chance, check it out. It adds an interesting little mini stake to the game. Shield generator is down. Boom, Han did his job. Lando, 9 numb, Wedge, the whole crew, they're heading into the superstructure, uh, the interior of the Death Star. Akbar and his fleet trying to buy them time, fighting out there against the Empire as they're picking off their cruisers from the very armed and operational second Death Star. It is an interesting ticking clock a screenwriting trope, a screenwriting trick for sure, but it does add some added pressure. We know as it as it stands now that well, the shield generator's down, let's go blow up the sh- uh, the Death Star we, with our ships. We've seen this happen before. We kind of get a sense that they, we're okay and the, uh, the rebels are going to do this. And they got all the time in the world other than our cruisers are being picked apart. That's that's the bad thing that's happening. And they got to get the superstar destroyed. Destroyer destroyed. There is that stuff going. There are, there are those stakes, don't get me wrong. But here you have Jar Gerard being told by good old Emperor Sheev Palpatine, destroy the moon. That means Han and Leia, Chewbacca, Threepio, R2-D2, those lovable Ewoks we now love, and the rest of the Rebels. We don't want that to happen. Especially if you're seven watching Return of the Jedi, 1983. You don't want that to happen at all. So this added ticking clock of him getting the orders, knowing it's time, Emperor don't care about the battalions there, get ready to fire the Death Star, it's going to happen. It's very similar to, of course, the Battle of Yavin, which may be why George, other than just General Pacing, felt this maybe didn't belong in the movie. We'd literally seen this before. The Death Star is going to blow up the moon or planet that our heroes are on. But at this point, we've already seen the Death Star. You've got a second one. So, poetry, George. Poetry. In the end, I think he made the right decision. But in watching it, I want you guys to watch it. It made me think that. Let's do a little study. Should the little subplot of Jer Gerard being tasked with destroying the moon of Endor... Been in the movie in some way. I'm fine with Return of the Jedi being just a little bit longer. It doesn't add much to the movie. And would it have worked? Would the pacing have been there? Again, I think in the end the pacing is probably the, the biggest reason you don't want to do that. But it's a fun little thing. And in my head Canon, I've kind of decided that this did happen. Though we don't see it from our little viewpoint as a Star Wars fan... I think, in the story, that this did happen. It would make sense, especially with Palpatine and all of his contingency plans. We know that he's got the big one going on in Aftermath, what's going on there with Gallius Rex on Jakku and all that stuff. I think that stuff's uh, interesting in its own way. I've, I've wrapped my head around that. Initially, I wasn't so sure about it there. But I like that Palpatine's always thinking it's a chess game, right? That's the contingency plan. The king is destroyed. The game is over. It doesn't continue. That's what he was saying to Gallius Rax. But now with Jerr Gerard, blow up that moon. It's the best way to defend the Empire. I like it. And in my head, now I'm officially inserting it into the story. I think it happened. But let's do a little experiment. What do you guys think? Reach out use the hashtag Spotlight Star Wars and let me know, should Moff Teon Jar Gerard have been tasked with destroying the moon of Endor and should we have seen it? Or is it fine the way it is? All right. That's just the undercard. Let's get to the main event of today's episode here on Spotlight Star Wars. As I said up top, been watching this guy for a while. We tried to do this interview a couple times, scheduling life gets in the way, and we finally synced up via the magic of Zencaster. Here is my interview with Hello Greedo. All right, Force Center fans, I am very happy to have this next guest because, well, I started watching him before I was yakking about Star Wars Online. This is Hello, Greedo. Hello, Greedo.
1: Hey, Ken. How are you? Good. How are you? (laughs) How are
5: you? uh very good man this is actually exciting for me i am a, i am a fan of your work i appreciate that you started this when did you start 2011 i want to say yes yeah
1: 2011 yeah talk
5: about the landscape then <laughs> it was a oh, lot it different was,
1: it was very pleasant like i used to uh yeah i used to get a lot of hate for um kind of poking fun at the special editions and the prequels and now it's just mm-hmm. a whole different ball game it's like those were quaint times back there.
5: <laughs> the easy, yeah, the yeah. easy uh, peasy days of uh, being being able to have fun with Star Wars, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What what made you start your channel? Well, again, YouTube, what? YouTube explodes hmm. late two thousands, right? So, but two thousand eleven, you're one of the you're one of the leaders of the Star Wars media discussion world back then.
1: Yeah, it was, it's kind of weird to think about it in that, in those terms, but um, really, the reason that I started the channel was uh, like. Well, the the special editions were coming out on Blu-ray and I was on a military deployment Mm -hmm. and I figured I was like reading all the coverage about it whenever I would go into port. And then I got home and they were coming out and I I like I talked to my buddy and I was like, you know, they're, you know, angry video game nerd and red later media. I kind of (laughs) want to make videos like them. And he just said, do it. So do it. I did it. Yeah. (laughs)
5: <laughs> yeah, uh, I think the first time I did hear much it was from Christian Harloff, uh when he was like, Hey, do you watch this guy Hello Greedo? And I was like, I don't I don't YouTube. What, do, what am I doing? <laughs> and he's like, no, he talks about stars and he wears a stormtrooper mask and I was like, Okay, well, all right. I'm I'm look, I'm gonna look at that. <laughs> you know, what what made you start that, the, the putting on the putting on the mask?
1: Man, I have no idea. I, I had an old Greedo mask uh that I bought for the Revenge of the Sith <laughs> premiere in two thousand five. And I used to do you remember a, a website called Justin TV? Do you remember? Yeah. Yeah. I used to go on Justin TV live with a Greedo mask and just say the most ridiculous stuff. And as Hello Greedo, that was my username. And then I ended Mm -hmm. up just making a YouTube channel called Hello Greedo. And I don't know. It just, it, it, like Mm. people were kind of intrigued by the mask. People wanted to know. And I just kind of fed the mystery. And, uh, I don't know. It's kind of turned into a little fun gimmick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, now it's not. And,
5: and it's so weird because we, we've never, met in person in the sense of shook hands, Mm. said hello. Yet at Star Wars Celebration, I was standing right next to you, right
1: (laughs) next to you. What what gave that away, that I I posted a picture that you – The next –
5: maybe, I don't know, maybe when I went back to my hotel room for a little bit during a break in the convention, I saw you post something. I was like, I saw that guy. I saw that guy. I was right next to that guy. That's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, so uh, <laughs> the next time we're in the same place, we're going to make a point. You know, you don't have to take the mask off. We're going to make a point to uh, shake it. But I guess that's part.
1: Oh, uh, uh, yeah. I'm ready to take it off, man. I feel like it's a hindrance nowadays. <laughs> like there are so many cool things that I could have been doing. Uh, I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. I feel like it's kind of like holding me back. The, really? The, the,
5: the, the Greedo unmasking might happen. Just be like Mr. Sunday movies finally doing that? <laughs> <laughs> did he do it on collider no I, no he'd done it before uh, james had come okay. out afterwards but yeah that was part of the reason too He was like i can i can do this now exactly you know? exactly but i believe yeah. he was always like a, i think he was a teacher and he just didn't want anyone to know interesting so i just assumed with your military background you're a secret agent of some kind <laughs> that's that kind of it Protect. That's it. I'm on the moon. When did you when did the love of Star Wars really kick in for you? Were you like uh, you like us um, back in the day?
1: Yeah, I, I I don't even have memories before Star Wars was in my life. You know, it's just always yeah. been there. It's uh, it's kind of strange. Like, I, I do not remember the first time I saw the movies. I don't remember the first time I ever played with an action figure. It's just like, mm-hmm. I don't know, just I was yeah. born with it almost, you know. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I I remember specific moments and I, I, you know,
5: I would say I was in the drive-in theater when I was one, but I obviously don't remember, but, but I just remember it was something that was in the atmosphere. You just got a new, there was this thing called star Wars. Right. So it grabs in and you're, you talk about when you started compared to now and and there's no doubt things have changed as you're, has your own fandom changed uh and maybe do you like
1: more or do you are you more protective of the star Wars? How, where are you at now compared to where you were then interesting um i well i guess in a way with all the anger and kind of the uh i don't know a lot of people's uh, yeah i'm anger in the fandom mm-hmm. nowadays i i can kind of relate to it in a, in a way. I was I was a much kind of more immature and angry person seven years ago when I started this channel. And if you if you look at my earlier stuff, there's a lot of just kind of I, w- I was playing angry video game nerd, right? I was right. I was being the Mr. Outrage. Uh, <laughs> nowadays, I'm a, I'm a dad. I'm a lot more level headed. So, you know, it's just kind of fun to see the evolution, yeah. even even my viewers right. kind of You know, I've lost a lot of subscribers. I've gained a lot of subscribers. People like my older stuff. People disagree with my opinion, and they Mm. sure sure as hell let me know. Sure, but um, but overall, like I'm, I've just been so pleased with my this community that's cultivated around this silly, silly YouTube channel. Mm. Because even on live streams or even comment sections, there's just a, I don't know, an atmosphere of to each his own, Mm. and we all like you know, the same stuff and we can all have our own opinions. And then when I venture to other comment sections and other live streams, I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta get out of here. It's kind of, it's kind of nuts, but yeah,
5: <laughs> it, it, it's certainly tough these days in that regard. But then if you find, yeah, you, you definitely have a voice and you have a great voice by the way. I don't know if you have any kind of VO radio background. You, you've got a smooth uh, vocal uh, there, buddy.
1: I would love to get into it. I've never, <laughs> You, you never looked into
5: it. You have, you have a calming voice, even when you're ranting. Very calm voice, but yeah, you formed So you have a literal and figurative voice, is what I'm saying here. So you've. I, I like when communities form up. We fill a force center. We have one too, but yeah, over when I'm on Jedi Jedi Council Collider, yeah, some of the I don't even go into those comments because unfortunately it's just it's a it's gone beyond. It's it 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 the the
1: gates are open. (laughs) Yeah, it's super weird. It's super weird.
5: Have you gotten? Has that affected your love of Star Wars at all? And being just being in the the Star Wars media world, do you ever get to have you burnt out at all? Or
1: come um, back. Oh, know, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. It's an ebb and flow. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I've always said that, you know, as soon as it starts feeling a like a job, mm-hmm. I start I kind of like let go a little bit. And you know, I float out in the void and and then when I start feeling the love, I'll I start coming back to it. Mm-hmm. Um but the video making is still my favorite part. I love editing video. That's one of my favorite things to do. I like writing it. What I've kind of started to avoid is social media. Yeah. Um. It's just, it's, it's a time suck. Mm-hmm. It's not productive. Um, you know, it's just, I, I don't know. I, I don't get a joy out of it anymore. It's, but, it's a
5: little different. And I got to imagine when you got a little one in your hands and you're like mm. holding Twitter in one hand, you're like, what am I doing? <laughs> exactly yeah yeah <laughs> it's so this stupid what is it about i do want to talk about battlefront with you and battlefront 2 because okay. you you stream it still um and you're on twitch streaming or is it youtube or both i can't remember youtube youtube, YouTube. okay yeah. i play it on twitch every now and then and i still love i really love battlefront battlefront 2 faults and all and there are faults where are you at with it right now
1: and do you think it's still gonna keep going I think it is, um, to, to me, I, the yeah. only thing I'm going I'm, I'm disappointed with and they're correcting it now is, you know, I, I kind of always wanted battlefront to be a, uh, a battlefield clone in a way, just sure. large scale, huge maps, nonlinear gameplay, uh, multiple capture points. And it's, it's kind of funny there. It, it's just, they've taken so long to correct a lot of these things. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I tend to be a little more um, level-headed with my criticism because the community, mm. I'm sure you've seen it. It's just like Outrage City, thousands of the same exact posts on Reddit. We get it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I still have a lot of fun playing it, man. I, I don't know what more people want. See, I don't get a kick out of skins or heroes. Right. I just like being a grunt and I like fighting first person and having fun. That's it.
5: Me too. That's what the, that was the appeal of the originals. And that's kind of been the appeal. And plus they're so, they're so beautiful. I don't know. Maybe yeah. because I grew up playing like, uh, you know, the Atari, uh, you know, blocks walking across the screen for an Ed at Walker, but th- these games, I'm just like, I still feel so lucky to have these
1: games. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make yeah. sense, <laughs> <laughs> but it still goes strong.
5: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I understand all the criticisms and I, I think you're right that maybe they took some, took their time to correct it, but, but maybe it's still, and keep going there. I I, I noticed too, you know, you're having a lot of fun. I've even, I've seen Alex, the Star Wars Explained start to stretch into this kind of like pushing back and maybe trying to have some fun about pushing back on some of the clickbait rumor culture. Um, Oh yeah. uh, What made, what was the final turning point for you on that?
1: Oh my God. I, I have to look it up, but I started making those kind of videos before the Force Awakens came out, like just like complete it, it was clickbait in itself, but it was clickbait making fun of clickbait where I would say, you know, I have the secret Snoke identity here. And it was just like seeing all these other channels mm-hmm. and websites and stuff like that, that, you know, you go to their site uh, and there's 17 squares of advertisements yeah. and they say nothing but <laughs> yeah. fake nonsense. And it's just kind of like it's disheartening. There's a yeah. lot of good creators out there who are saying important and interesting stuff. Yeah. And this just you feed the correct algorithm and you get eyeballs on advertisements. Yeah. And it's just dishonest to me, you know, I don't know.
5: Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's it's tough. And I've having, having worked for some big, uh, bigger companies, you know, we have to play the SEO game and we Mm -hmm. have to do that. But I, uh, beyond that, beyond that, because we could all poke fun at titles and clickbait, but it's, it's, it's that wild speculation which we talk here about on Force Center about speculating responsibly. It's one of our hashtag mm-hmm. themes. But yeah, I, I, I that's why I enjoy some of your stuff too, where you just you you are you have you are and have been and, and definitely are emerging as a strong voice of common sense in the storm. <laughs> I guess I respect that a lot. Where you're just like everyone, pump the brakes.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, a
5: yeah, space movie.
1: Yeah, it gets. Yeah, it's kind of funny. There's backlash. I try to be as diplomatic as I possibly can be Mm -hmm. to where nobody can think I'm like an ass. But then inevitably I just get hit with a lot of comments where people just think I'm being hateful. And I don't I don't know. I don't I hope I'm not.
5: No, no. I think there's a fine line. I'm all, I, I love parody. I, I you know, worked in mm. comedy for a long time. So I love parody. I love that. I, just, I think sometimes the fans can wrap around, uh, ra- make that more than it is. Make that a, you know, more of an attack when you're, just, you're sure. just having fun or pointing out.
1: What's really interesting in some of those kind of videos is that I'll go in the comment section and there will be channels or specific people on Twitter mm. that people tag that I've never heard of. And everybody's like, Oh, this is about so-and-so. And I'm like, I've never even seen one of the, their videos. And all of a sudden, like everybody's, you know, put in context to where there is no context. <laughs> the flame Wars, man, the flame Wars. It's, it's interesting. It gets, yeah, absolutely.
5: Uh, beyond just that, let's, let's talk about actually the love of star Wars and, you know, go, but let's have that fun conversation. What were your favorite characters and moments growing up?
1: Um, Primarily, Han Solo I was a big Han Solo head yeah. growing up I would just you know I'd the the attitude the cockiness um he was a fun character mm-hmm. um but yeah I my my favorite movie um is A New Hope that movie I watched like ad not like nonstop. yeah as a kid yeah but um
5: that's that's interesting because uh, I mean we know a lot of people you know including myself kind of quote graduate which is smug to say it that way but if you graduate to empire right empire is the one Mm -hmm. we're supposed to love but new hope at times can can be very underrated i think yeah what it is yeah it it is the first one that that set this all up
1: Mm -hmm. i like it's a slow burn and it's it's a simple film and it's good versus evil and it's fun Mm -hmm. you know i I fully recognize that empire is the you know the better made film better written film but a new hope is just kind of quaint it Mm -hmm. feels it feels quaint.
5: I don't know. <laughs> quaint, <laughs> quaint, like we didn't know what was coming after this. Like even Joe, right. like, oh, I'm just going to make this film and go away. Uh, go make exactly. more art pictures yeah. there. Where are you at with the prequels
1: now, this day and age? Um, I actually just got done recording audio for five things that I like about the star Wars prequel video. Nice, <laughs> um, nice. So uh, that should be coming out tomorrow, but, uh, you know, I appreciate them for what they are. I appreciate mm-hmm. the vision. Um, uh, they they still don't really capture my imagination like the original trilogy, but I think that's almost like a generational thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I grew up with the OT, the kids that grew up with the prequel trilogy are kind of growing up now and have a voice on the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that love of the prequels is kind of filtering into the Star Wars community. And I think, you know, maybe 15 years from now, mm-hmm. kids nowadays who love the sequel trilogy, their love will start filtering into the, the mm-hmm. uh, Star Wars community. But no, I appreciate them for what they are. I still don't go out of my way to watch them, though. But yeah, yeah.
5: yeah. I mean, it's it's been a journey for me here too, where we call ourselves prequel over here at Force Center because I just I think mm-hmm. I appreciate a lot of what's in them, and then had those moments where when no one was watching, I was slipping in Revenge of the Sith. Like I'm not going <laughs> to let anyone know I'm watching this, and and then also I think. Uh, Especially compared to what's going on now, when it's just like, and and, and we, we all were there in '99 when when mm. poor George was pretty much run out of the, the business, right? Um, and all the stuff that happened to Jar Jar, uh, Ahmed Best, and everything playing him. Mm. But like, I think even now, when I look at the, the, the toxicity going on, it's like I just I just want to enjoy uh, Darth Maul. <laughs> I just <Right>.
1: yeah,
5: be <laughs> okay with it. Uh,
1: uh, yeah, and it's and weird. It, like yeah, yeah if if you don't really pay attention to it, it doesn't really exist. Like I've told my, my cousins and my nephews about it and they're like, what really? They're not a part of this internet fandom, you know, but they go they yeah. and see the movies. They have the posters, they play the games, but they, they're like, what people really had a problem with that. It's, it's just like it, microcosm of fandom that we have to, I don't know
5: you know it's a it's a bubble that pulls you in and if you're working yeah. in it and you're trying to make a living in it or you're just having fun in it uh mm-hmm. you are surrounded by it whether you want to or not and it's nice no it's very refreshing it's very refreshing yeah. and, I, and i've been I, I generally try to find the positive in, in everything that comes out and, and where i can enjoy the stories but it's it's fun to go find someone who's like oh yeah solo was great and you're like oh but you didn't think good. no it was fun. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's fun exactly. it, it's kind of good but so uh so you grew up a solo fan uh and some of your favorite moments i'm curious about the moments that you that stood out as a kid that were your favorite playground moments that Ooh, star wars
1: man um probably i i have vivid rem- memories of me playing with my x-wing and Ooh. i would i i would fly around and um what 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 is what does luke say when r2 mm. gets blasted what does he say uh in 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 New Hope so hang on back there oh, yeah on, he, yeah he, yeah, he, yeah yeah hang on back there uh, yeah i would say uh, whatever he said i would quote it and i would, i would just spend all day doing that like flying the x-wing around So hang on back there or whatever he said mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um just pretending i was yeah flying an x-wing as luke i don't know that's that was probably my number one like kind of star wars toy memory favorite moments it's, um, it's,
5: it's funny how the toys can really, I mean, that's why they are the toys that made us. Thank you, Netflix. Uh, that, mm. like, that's why I love the Y-Wing, and, and, I, and I, it's because mm. I owned it. I didn't have an right. X-Wing. And I just remember zooming around my house, playing with the Y-Wing, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, Do you
1: that's, collect anything nowadays? Or I,
5: have, I, I, I was Funko Pop crazy, and then I moved. Mm. And then when you move uh. three boxes of Funko Pops in packages, <laughs> you're like, what am I doing? Right. What, am I, what am i doing but yeah, yeah comics and i mean i think you and i are probably from the same generation if it's like i'm still stuck on physical media a lot like i think mm-hmm. I have music and stuff move fast but comic books i have too many
1: star wars comics you know <laughs> nice you know? i just got a kindle so that's been like such a like a, a space saver
5: It's nice yeah. I got. I got to make the transition okay. again. When, when you move, your life changes. Or for your, your sake, when you have a you have a child, your life perspective yeah. changes. Right. What do you want to do? So, from where you at now? As we start to close here, uh, Grito, where, where 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 are you taking the channel? What do you want to do? I know you know oh, this is. It's, I don't want to say it's a side thing for you. It's something that's very important to you. But mm-hmm. but it's among many things you do. So, do you feel less pressure for that? Do you have goals, designs,
1: where you want to go? Um. Man, I, I'm not much of a planner. I kind of just fly by the seat of my pants. That's that's been what this channel has been all about since day one. Um, really, the only thing that I'm I, I have a long term plan with is that I've I'm like 140 150 pages uh, into a book that I've been writing recently nice. within the past two years rather, um, and it's just been a slow process. I the, it's just mm. nonsensical life stuff about you know, YouTube and movies and I don't know if yeah. one person buys it cool, but if nobody does, whatever, <laughs> But it'd be, it'd be fun to create, fun to create, yeah. you know, exactly. Yeah. So I'm we're hoping to have that out. It. Yeah. Yeah. Go yeah. Ahead. I'm hoping to have that out within the past couple, next couple months, but I've been saying that for a year now. So <laughs> yeah, you'll get to it. You'll get to it. But, uh, That's yeah. Good. Other than that, just, I, the thing is, I'm still having fun with this, you know, and that's what yeah. it's all about. As, Like I said before, if if it really starts to feel like a job job, I kind of want to let go a little bit uh, mm. and find my footing again, you know, because if it, yeah. because it becomes a, a grind, it's not fun anymore.
5: Yeah. If you ever find yourself sitting down, not wanting to talk Star Wars long term, like having a bad day is one thing, but long term, mm. I, I can see where you're saying there. It's still yeah. fun to me. This I still get excited when I hear, uh, you know, the opening strains of Williams. Oh, yeah it's absolutely
1: there. absolutely
5: well uh thank you so much for stopping by force center and spotlight star wars uh like i said legitimately long time big fan of your work uh I catch your stuff that. all the time so i just want to make uh, wanted to hear you on force center and we'll do more <laughs> we'll get you on some star wars ranks and databanks and if you're ever out in los angeles you
1: gotta let us know Absolutely, a hundred percent. I will. That'll be the uh, the big unveiling, the unmasking. <laughs> Ooh, there we go. Maybe, maybe we'll see. Maybe, baby, baby. Hey, take a <laughs> hey, pr-
5: Protect yourself as long as you can. Is what I can say.
1: Yeah, I'll have Yeah. <laughs>
5: <laughs> so, guys, for setter. We'll get back to the show, but make sure you subscribe to Hello Greedo on YouTube. Follow him on social media, though. You know, he might not find it like I do. You know, we just we're just all backing away slowly from it. Uh, but that is it. Thank you so much, Mister Hello
1: Greedo. Thanks for having me,
5: man. Thanks again to Hello Grito for stopping by the Force Center Studios via the magic of the internet and technology. I hope you guys enjoyed that. If you're not familiar with him, give him a follow, give him a subscribe, give him a watch. He's a good guy, good dude, and a good voice in this modern Star Wars era. One of the veterans. let check it out. It's time for our listener memory. And Greedo was talking about playing with his X-Wing, one of his favorite things that got him into Star Wars, one of his favorite memories as a child, playing with that Kenner X-Wing and making the sounds. And that kind of inspired me to choose this listener memory from our Patreon page, Andrew Steiner. He writes... I lived in a mobile home park for a while as a kid. We had a pretty large elevated deck leading up to the main door into the house. I recall my dad staining the wood a deep red since it really needed some TLC. This was when I was about seven-ish, about a year after the special editions came out. Next, I remember remember getting a Power of the Force 2 X-Wing for his seventh birthday, which was a huge deal to, due to financial constraints. But my dad worked a few extra shifts to earn the money for a pricey toy. Finally, guess what those newly red stained supports for the porch reminded me of? The under construction turbo laser towers to the Death Star 2 from Return of the Jedi. My poor six foot six dad had to chase me out from under that three foot uh, six inch porch more times than I can remember. I couldn't stop flying my X-Wing around those turbolaser towers to save my life or my dad's back. I'm so happy that I'll be able to spend some time with him at Star Wars Celebration next year. He's one of the reasons I got into Star Wars in the first place. My wallet damns him, but my heart thanks him for it. Great memory from Andrew Siner there posted to our Patreon page. And it connects uh, with a lot of things we're talking about today. Well, the return of the Jedi battle, Battle of Endor. Not not the battle for Endor, not the Caravan of Courage, but the Battle of Endor. And uh, same thing uh, Hello Greedo was talking about there. That's my memory at the Y-Wing. It's Greedo's memory with his Kenner X-Wing. And now Andrew here with his Power of the Force, too. We talk a lot about generations here on, on Star Wars, Spotlight, Star Wars, and Force Center. Uh, the generations of fans. So Andrew's experiencing this in the uh, you know mid to late 90s. Greedo and I are experiencing uh, our Kenner toys and Star Wars love uh, with, the, with the Y-Wing and X-Wing. Earlier... And a new generation is arising. And we're going to talk more of that on Force Center this coming week on the main show as we talk about the Star Wars Resistance trailer and the power of passing things on to the generation behind you. Uh, As as Andrew's saying here, his father's doing some great stuff. Extra shifts to buy your kid an X-Wing. That is some parenting done right. And the imagination we kids have. I think I've told you guys before, I I know I have, about... uh, a palm tree in my backyard being tilted at the right angle that to me it looked like a speeder bike. It just was no other thing. It was not a palm tree. It's nothing on it. It was a speeder bike on Endor. Also, side note: as a kid, I think I only thought speeder bikes were on Endor. Interesting, different story. Um, so I love what Andrew's talking about. Also, with his father now that he gets to still still experience Star Wars with his father and uh, going to Star Wars Celebration next year. That is what it's about, right? Finding the things you love, finding those little things that spark your imagination. Playing in the front yard. Ah, I love my video games. This isn't a generational get-off-my-lawn conversation here, but I just, I, I loved going out into the neighborhood, into the yard with my friends, recess on the playground, wherever it was, and playing Star Wars. What Andrew's saying, that's probably some great memories, just flying that X-Wing underneath that porch. And I'm jealous, Andrew. I wish I had that porch to play some Star Wars in my day. Oh, I love Battlefront, too. That's why Greedo and I were talking about it. It's so rich. It's so beautiful. and It's better than the pixelated uh, uh, walking blocks of AT-ATs and ships I got to play with as a kid on Ataris and Commodore 64s and the like. We're spoiled in a way, but that's how it should be. It should continue to get better for us fans. More toys, more collectibles, more things, more books, more comics, now more movies and more shows. But it's always about the imagination. That's the connection that those Star Wars toys have. That's why it's so powerful. That's why I have so many vivid memories. Even in my advancing age, I have vivid memories of being on the playground. Margaret Harlow Elementary School in Arroyo Grande, California, playing me some Star Wars with my friends. That's the fun part of it. And for Andrew to still be able to remember those moments vividly and then get to celebrate Star Wars with his father at his side at Star Wars Celebration, well, that's just a good, heartwarming Star Wars story. I appreciate Andrew Siner sharing that story on Patreon. You guys can do that if you want to support. Go to patreon.com slash forcecenter, and we put the listener memory calls to action out, as well as a lot of other calls to action, including questions um, finish the fan fiction prompts, all those kind of things. And, and we're hopefully uh, bringing some new stuff to Patreon very soon. Stay tuned for that. That is our episode for today. Really was uh, very fortunate to spend uh, a moment with Hello Grito talking Star Wars, talking uh, the state of the industry, Battlefront 2, Star Wars toys. It's all there. Thanks again to Hello Greeto. Give him a follow, give him a subscribe. You can follow us on Twitter at Four Center Pod. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. You can go to net for more information, more shows. And don't forget that YouTube channel, youtube.com slash C slash Four Center, I do believe we got our vanity URL. Go there, check all the in memoriams that we put up there. Uh, they're taken from this show. Uh, Kevin F. edits them, and we put them up there. We got the databank brawls. Four Center meets with Jamie Stangroom. The last Jedi commentary is coming very soon. Uh, our Patreon fans made that possible. They got to hear it first. It'll be going to the general public um, just this week, quite uh, frankly. Uh, it's around the corner here. So that plus our Phantom Menace commentary, it's all there. It's all there. Well, it's time to close the show. And this, this In Memoriam, when I started doing the In Memoriams for Jedi Alliance with Maud Garrett, it was uh, going to be completely humorous completely humorous. I was going to make stuff up. I was going to have my own kind of headcanon and legends, you know? And then, well, I found myself actually paying respects to these characters. There's always a bit of tongue pressed firmly in cheek when I do these in memoriams, but sometimes I actually get pretty serious about these characters. These characters mean that much to us. That's why we're here. All that to say... When I sat down to write this in memoriam that you're about to hear, I will admit I wanted to make one person cry. I wonder if I have accomplished that. We'll see. We'll close out the show with that in memoriam. Well, we'll see if Alex at Star Wars Explained cries. I want to know. Molly, tell me the truth. See you guys next week on Spotlight Star Wars. A child of Tatooine with dreams of a life of consequence far from his home world. A star that burned bright yet faded away far too soon. Hero, pilot, friend. Let us pay our respects to Biggs Darklider. Darklider had a relatively affluent upbringing compared to his other Tatooine friends like Cami, Fixer, and Luke Skywalker. His family owned several moisture farms and Biggs was always the most stylish and the most dashing amongst his dusty, Tashi station pals. However, Biggs wasn't content with a life far from the center of the galaxy. Like his best friend Luke, he longed for a life among the stars. For most, the way out was the Imperial Academy. But unlike most others, once he reached the Academy, Darklighter saw the ways of the oppressive empire he was now bound to serve and did something about it. Biggs Darklighter turned his back, and his cape on his childhood dreams and left the security of his assignment aboard the Imperial vessel, the Rand Ecliptic, for the dangers of rebelling. The growing ranks of the still ragtag rebellion were filled with bright souls full of ideals, compassion, and that an all important flicker of hope. They believed in the cause and knew they would pull off the impossible. Buoyed by the surprise success at the Battle of Scarif, the Rebels under the leadership of General Jan Dodonna were about to strike out against the Empire like never before, and with their backs against the wall. Amongst that rush of adrenaline and chaos of a looming battle, an unexpected reunion took place. Childhood friends stood face to face one last time, Big Darklighter and Luke Skywalker were together again, far from home and on the galaxy's center stage. They laughed like they were flying through Beggar's Canyon one more time. It'll be like old times, Luke, Biggs had told his friend. They'll never stop us. And they both believed it. A short while later, Luke Skywalker saved the galaxy. But not before his wingmate, his best friend, lost his life in a flash of laser fire. Biggs was gone. One of many that looked at the heart of the Empire and sacrificed everything to fight back. A child of Tatooine, now forever among the stars. Stark Ladder was 24 standard years old at the time of his death.
2: Thanks for listening to Spotlight Star Wars on Force Center. Follow us on Twitter at Force Center Pod and follow Ken online, including Twitch, at Ken KenNapsok. Consider supporting Force Center on Patreon at patreon.com slash Center. Go to forcecenterpod.podomatic.net for more information. And use the hashtag SpotlightStarWars to join the conversation. Until next time, this has been Spotlight Star Wars on Force Center.